Move my chair a little bit. All right. Welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Elijah Rodriguez, and today we have a little bit of a special episode um, in the sense that we don't actually have another guest today. It is just going to be me, um, which is a little weird for me. I haven't done one by myself since we like first first started off the podcast, which is like kind of weird. Um, but yeah, guys, so like, so as you see, as you can tell, we've done, you know, want to thank everybody for as much, you know, feedback and support we've gotten over the last, um, couple months when we started this thing, you know, we've had 18 episodes and I'd like to say we've had 18 really solid guests. Um, I've been really happy with all the people we've had and I hope that they've, they were happy to be a part of this. And I mean, it's just been awesome. It's been a blast. Um, kind of circulating through the DMs, through like friends and family and other people who listen to, frequently listen to the podcast, you know, people have been like, Hey, you know, like, why don't, you know, you play baseball and you talk about your, your career and what got you back here. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's actually a pretty, pretty decent idea. I've never actually thought about doing it. And lo and behold, here we are, <laughs> I've been convinced by enough people to do this. So yeah. So we're going to go ahead and talk about my career and and as tumultuous as it was, as crazy up and down it was, um, I think I do have, you know, some experiences and some things that that I've that I've gone through in the game, ups and downs, obviously, as was we all go through to br- that brought me ultimately back to this spot where I'm like back totally fully involved in love, in love with the game again. Um, though it ha- obviously in a career it doesn't always actually end up that way. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, let's just, let's just kind of get into it, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start spitballing, freeballing or whatever you want to call it, um, from the beginning. So, um, yeah, guys. So like I've said 18 times at this point, my name is Elijah Rodriguez, um, uh, born and raised here in San Antonio, Texas. Baseball, um, has been a big part of my life since I can really remember. In fact, I remember the day and time, um, well, maybe not the time. I remember the, the time frame of when I decided that baseball was going to be like my, my main go of it. Um, I remember I was actually in Florida, um, and we were actually on a family vacation. (laughs) I don't know why my dad decided that that time was the time for me to make that decision. Um, I remember we're leaving a restaurant. We're in Florida. The next day we're going to Disneyland. I was pumped. And he goes, Hey, you know, we're just leaving the restaurant. We're literally walking to the car and he goes, um, Hey, you're going to have to pick a sport. (laughs) No, no, no bullshit. That's exactly how he told me. And I was kind of like, okay. And he goes, you know, you're pretty good at baseball. I think you should stick with baseball. And that was, I I guess for the most part, I I did really enjoy baseball. I wasn't like super, you know, serious. I wasn't like, yeah, this is going to be it. Like I'm so like dead set. I was kind of like, okay, like that sounds good. (laughs) And from then on, man, baseball was the, baseball was the driver. Um, you know, I, I, I sit back sometimes and I look at where I was when I was younger and to be 100% honest, guys, I wasn't ever a standout. I wasn't anything that was like, holy shit, this guy's going to be the next, you know, like we just had Max Clark. He's the next, you know, guy that's going to be first in the draft. No, never was me. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Obviously, that's that's a once in a lifetime, you know, one of a kind talent you see. And, you know, that's something that I w- I've always been striving for, though, didn't have it. I, I was just kind of your average player. Um, I remember I played, you know, funny, fun fact before we kind of get into like when he got really got serious. I played, I played CYO, which is like a, like a, like a church league, um, here in, in Texas. I, they call it different things everywhere. Um, I played CYO, you know, back to back to back to back to back. I mean, every, all the way till I was about, ah, about 10, 10 years old. Um, so I never really knew any real competition and but my dad, 
but my dad was was ultra competitive he was ultra competitive and he you know funny funny enough like we won the team that we had you know we kept the same team for every sport we played and this is obviously i know i'm kind of going back a little bit before like we made that decision to just play baseball but you know my dad was an ultra competitive guy so every sport we played you know i was we won everything i mean basketball soccer football baseball we won every sport which kind of i think molded me into the athlete I am. I was just, I've just, ever since then I've been ultra competitive, which is just kind of a fun fact. Um, but what I was trying to get at with that story is, um, I've never played a game of little league, which is nuts. And every time I tell people that they're like, what? Never played machine pitch, never played pony league, never played little league. I didn't play, I didn't try out for all stars. And to be honest and honest, I don't really know why. I I don't have a, a legitimate reason why I didn't do that. I kind of just didn't. I, I didn't really have a choice in the matter, I think. Um, so I played CYO all the way till I was 10. Um, I actually, when I was 10, I actually was like kind of kind of just getting into that club ball, select ball. Back then it was like a really big deal. I remember my first select team I ever played for was like the San Antonio Hackers, which if you're in San Antonio area, that was, I don't even know if they're still a club. I don't know if that's still a thing. But we used to be out of the hack shack right there off of Jones Maltzberger and right there by Blossom um, Athletic Stadium where, where Northside plays their their games. Um, it's just nuts. I, I started off playing there and I was the bench rider. I mean, we were stacked. You know, there was a lot of kids that ended up going on and playing big D1, some playing some little bit of minor league ball, which is crazy. But that should tell you enough. I, I When I touched the field, it was like we're up by a lot. It's a Saturday seating game. You can get out there, hit left field and we'll see what happens. Like that's literally who I was. Um, so I, I kind of dabbled in that for a while. And then we went on to play with this other club called the twins, um, which is like, these are, it's just kind of going through this a little bit kind of for my psyche and, and kind of my nostalgia. But again, same thing happened. I was the bench player. Didn't play a whole lot. I, I played a little bit here and there. And then I started to grow up a little bit and, and, and we kind of started, I kind of started to develop a little bit more skill and a little bit, a little bit more power. And I was growing up, I was maturing in the game and, and then, you know, branched off to another twins team. We actually made the twins an organization. It was really cool. My brother had a team. It was really sick. Um, and it got better. And then it got to the point, but at this point, which is nuts was at this point, it was my dad was coaching and a couple other dads of kids on the team were coaching. And, and they got to the point where, um, you know, they they taught us all that they could teach us and and i respect you know you know my family's a little bit discombobulated at this point but but to be completely 100 percent honest with you for those dads to sit really sit back and be like you know what we've taught them what they can what we i'm sorry what we can we've taught them everything we know about the game what we've learned what we've seen on tv what we've watched you know whatever coaching tutorials we've seen baseball tutorials we've taught them everything it's time for us to really bring in a real coach um which they did, which is insane. They they really did. Um, they brought in um, a, a coach from from around the area. I'm not going to drop names. Um, you know, he was a great coach. Coached one of the most winningest coaches in San Antonio. Did a really great job coaching us. Um, and you know, as much as much beef as I have with his coaching style, I, I truly can sit back and say I am or was became <laughs> the baseball player. I I. I was because of him. He taught me, he taught all of us everything about baseball. I mean, from the ground up, because we have just been kind of playing like almost like street ball at this point, you know, me and my friends and, and, you know, we'd been playing with our dads and they were teaching us, but we were just raw talent. Like the talent just kind of came through at the right time. And 
now we needed to learn how to play baseball. And, and, and I played with that same organization from when I was 12 to when I was 18. And we were the South Texas Marshals, which ended up being this really big club. And it, it actually blossomed into something really awesome, which is something I'm really thankful for. And, and yeah, man, so that's, that's kind of my, just my childhood playing years. Um, yeah. So that, you know, I played all the way through. And then, you know, when I got to, when I got to about 12 years old, we got really serious. Um, but then it, it, here's the, here's the kicker though. Even at that point, yes, I was an everyday player. Yes. I, I was like a starter. I played third base. I pitched. Pitching was always where I stood out. I wasn't the greatest fielder and I wasn't the greatest hitter. And I knew that. And it's just something that I think that it just didn't have it. I don't know. I, it, to this day, I still struggle. I play on Sundays and I still struggle at the plate. It's just something I think I just, I don't know. I'm a cage crusher. I don't know what to tell you, but, but yeah, but pitching was always where I really stood out. That was kind of where I felt the most, that's where the most talent in me lied. Um, but now, so, you know, we get to, we'll kind of, we'll kind of back up. I know I said I played all the way with that team until I was 18, but let's get into the high school years and, and kind of into what kind of molded me. Um, so for people who know me, I was extremely, I wasn't extremely, I wasn't like obese, but I was always overweight. I was the chubby kid. I was fat, which is like why people look at me now and they're like, what the hell? Cause now I run miles upon miles upon miles. It's insane. Um, but I was always the chunky kid. And I think like for a while I didn't quite really like understand how that was holding me back for a long time um, until I remember. So on top of me playing select my middle school, who, where I coach now, if you follow us on Instagram, if you follow us, if you follow me on Instagram, you follow the baseball express Instagram. Um, a lot of the kids that I post or when I'm coaching, it's, it's at St. Matthew's uh, Catholic school. And there's a middle school league where they play all it's AIAL, I think is what it's still called. Um, and we play a lot of the other Catholic schools in the area and, and a couple of other, uh, other Christian schools. And it's a great time. It's really fun. Um, especially for the kids, they're playing against their peers and it's, it's like its own little league, which is really awesome. It's, it's really fun. And, uh, <clears throat> and I knew I was over, I was a little overweight. I wasn't skinny like a lot of the other kids. And I knew that in my psyche. And that's something that to this day, I think I still deal with. Um, and, and that's a whole nother story, <laughs> but so I remember I had a coach and I won't say his name. I'm, I'm actually friends with him now. Um, he told my dad, he goes, you know, Elijah will never step foot on a, on a high school baseball field. And it was it, as a coach. Now that I'm coaching kids, probably not the greatest thing to say when you're at third base, you know, our, our home dugout was at third base. We're playing a live scrimmage and I'm at third base. He's in the third base coaching box. My dad's walking back to the dugout. It's pretty close proximity for you to yell that at the coach. You know, Elijah's never going to play a high school game. And I heard that I'm still playing. I kind of try to block it. I'm, I'm trying to focus on what we're doing. And I heard him walk over to my dad and he goes, what do you mean? And he was like, well, he's, he's too overweight. He's too slow. He doesn't have a good enough arm. I mean, he just ripped me and I'm standing right there and I'm kind of like, you know, okay, you know, whatever, nobody, you know, you don't believe me. No big deal. I, I really didn't give a shit to be hundred percent honest with you. I was just like, whatever, dude, um, like coming from you really, you know, <laughs> um, but that kind of that kind of sums up, you know, where I was, and and I'll kind of touch back onto that aspect of things because, like I said, and I've I said it before, I was never the standout, I was never the greatest player on the team, didn't have the most power, didn't throw the hardest, so I was always kind of like average. I was in the middle, and I kind of took that when I was in eighth grade. I kind of took that with me. It, it kind of stuck with me for a long time, and though I was still pretty chubby through my first year or my freshman year of high school and my sophomore year, I did make varsity my freshman year. Um, 
and that was kind of a win, you know, I was kind of in my, in my chest. I was kind of like, you know, like I was told I would never be at this point, which is great. I've made it this far. I've, I've not only made the, you know, I was a JV freshman. Um, unlike my brother, um, who was a straight starter on varsity his whole four years. Um, but yeah, so I, I started on JV, you know, and then I was pulled up to varsity actually funny story. And anyone who was a part of that team, you know, knows I got pulled up my first appearance. They called me perfect 10 for the rest of that year because I threw 10 balls because I was so nervous. And like I look back at it. I'm like, why are you so nervous? Why were you so nervous about this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I was so nervous to just play fucking baseball. It was weird. And I still look at it that way to this day. And uh, they called me perfect 10 because I literally threw 10 straight balls, walked two guys through two on another batter and was pulled. So is what it is. Um, but, but that was a win for me. I, I played, I played a whole season of high school baseball. I was told I would never be at that point. And then I actually got pulled up to the highest level of high school baseball as a freshman, which was great. Um, sophomore year came and I, I, I started losing weight. I started training with a trainer. Um, and the weight was coming off. The athleticism was kind of starting to peak through more and more. Um, I actually, my sophomore year, um, Played all the year on varsity. I was a pitcher mostly. I, I think I touched the field a couple times in different positions. But once again, like what shows is I was a pitcher. I, that's what I did the best. Um, played that whole year. Played the summer. Everything was great. Um, college, and, and I'll say this now because as we talked to, as you know, if you notice, we've talked to a lot of these guests. College was already on the radar. I'm going to tell you straight up right now. College was nowhere near my radar. I was not even thinking about it. I was just playing and having a great time. And that was where my, my thoughts were, which aren't a bad thing. You're a sophomore, but I think looking back, it, it would have been better to be a little bit more on point with all that, you know, post high school stuff. Um, so junior year comes junior year was more, was a bigger year. That was like, okay, now Elijah's going to pitch. He's going to play second base. He's going to catch. And I mean, it, I was, I was everywhere and catching. I, I actually had to catch because my coach at the time was like, yo, um, <laughs> we, you know, our, our, our catcher that year, which when I was a junior, his, he was a senior, his name was Johnny was graduating. After that, we had a freshman that would be coming in uh, who was already a freshman and we didn't really, and in no offense, him, he just wasn't mature enough to play at that level yet. He was like, Hey, we're going to need you to catch. Have you caught before? I said, no, <laughs> but I'm, I've, I was athletic enough to say, you know what? I can figure this out. So went and bought some gear and I became a catcher that year. And my senior year, I ended up catching a lot. Now, my senior year was interesting. Um, you know, junior year, we came and went. It was fine. It was great. I ended up playing summer ball going into my senior year. And, uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm looking back at it and everything like that, you know, that's when I started to notice the college stuff. And I was like, oh, so-and-so committed here so-and-so committed there, so-and-so committed here. And, you know, I remember I'm, I'm very much a homebody guy, right? I'm a, I'm a homebody. I've, like I've said, I've born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, and I'll allude to this. I left, I've only left home, home, quote unquote, San Antonio for two years when I went to go play junior college. We'll get there. Um, but that was, I love San Antonio. So me as a senior, I, I don't, I didn't want to leave home. I was very much a homebody. I, I didn't really care to leave San Antonio. So my dream schools, you know, I had my buddy, uh, my buddy Oscar actually signed to play at St. Mary's 
university here in San Antonio, which is D2 school. I actually really love that school. And we'll get to that because foreshadowing. Um, and I remember, you know, talking to him and I was like, wow, how'd that go? You know, he goes, well, you know, they came and watched a couple games and, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm like really happy for you. It's great. And that's when it kind of hit me. Holy shit. What am I doing after this? Like I had, you know, I, I didn't give a shit about my SATs, which was dumb. I, I, my grades were okay. You know, they were all right. They weren't, you know, they weren't borderline bad. They were borderline bad. Um, so, you know, me looking back, I'm like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do? So I, I remember that day I was on the, we were on the football field talking about it. I was like, it's time for me to figure out where the hell I'm going to play. I want to keep playing because if not, this ends. And it almost sent like a shock into me, like, oh my God, like, I didn't even think about it. So this is fall of senior year. And, and I started, you know, talking to my dad and, and my mom and, and we're like, hey, you know, I need to figure this out. Where am I going to play? What's going to happen? And long story short, we sign up for a couple college things and, you know, go to a couple showcases and yada, yada. Nothing happens. Nothing. I don't get any real looks. I think I got like, man, I got a couple like looks from, from like really small time D3 schools up in like Vermont and like the, the super e like the East. It was far, you know, you know, Michigan, Vermont, you know, Rhode Island, Connecticut. I mean, like small, small, small D3 schools that obviously can't offer me any, any athletic money and they can't, and they're not going to give me ad academic money because my grades are just pretty much non-existent at this point. And, um, so I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess, you know, we're going to have to just figure something out. So I actually end up going. Some college visits. I went to Incarnate Word University here in San Antonio, visited St. Mary's, and then I get my first junior college offer. Now, again, foreshadowing, and I'm trying not to get too much into it to give a lot of it away. I was, as a senior in high school, I said, junior college? No fucking way. And I think that was the biggest regret of my life. Though I'm not upset with the way things turned out, the way things played out, I, I am upset. And this is why I tell everyone, I'll even tell parents who, are, who have kids going through the recruiting process, like never count out of junior college. Never count out of junior college. I don't care who the hell you think you are, how good you think you are. Some of the best baseball is played at the junior college level and it saves you money. A lot of times it's a great education because they're funnel schools into bigger universities. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, the, the list is insane. I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. So I'm, I'm, I tell my dad, hell no, screw junior. I think it was Cisco, um, that, that reached out and, and here's the thing is like, it's funny now, like my parents didn't know much about the college experience. My dad didn't go to college. My mom went to two years of college and then didn't finish. And so I was a, I was a first generation graduate. So they're like, okay, we're not sending you to junior college. You need to go to university though. They didn't really have the full scope on my grades. They didn't quite know my learning tactics and everything like that. They're like, well, maybe you can go to UTSA. And, you know, for anyone who knows me, I'm extremely introverted, which is why it's funny that I have a podcast and I talk to people and I'm super outgoing. I'm, I'm all over socials, but I'm extremely introverted. So when I went to visit UTSA and saw the class sizes, I about had a, had a conniption. I was like freaking out. I was like, holy shit, I can't, I don't know about this. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if this is, if this is the right thing for me, this is kind of scary. Where's the one-on-one. -on -one? So we knew immediately off the bat that big schools were probably not going to be it for me. Um, so yeah, so that all that happens and, and, you know, we come into my senior year, 
the whole year I was kind of like having like a, like an internal freak out because, you know, kids are committing here and there, here and there, friends from other schools and people are doing this, talking to schools, posting about their co commitments and all this shit. And I'm like, God damn, I, the, the biggest commit I had is from a fucking school in Vermont. No offense to that school. I don't even remember the name of the school, but, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just like, you feel less than, you know, and that's kind of the age of social media. I think in 2013, social media was like at its, it was just really peaking. Um, so everybody was on it and, and everyone was posting and it was awesome. And I'm not taking anything away from those kids. I mean, they worked hard for that. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't jealous. I was like, well, what am I going to do? It was kind of more of the, the question. So my senior year, we end up, ha you know, we, we end up, um, drawing, um, St. Thomas in Houston for our, our playoff game. Um, we were really good my senior year. I think we finished like second behind Antonio. And I think, don't quote me on that. I don't know. Um, and, you know, we end up going to Houston. So we're going to play Houston. And, and funny enough, um, the team we played was actually um, Craig Biggio was the coach of the team. Um, and his son, Kevin, who now is the third baseman, I think he he may be out still for Tommy John, but he played um, he plays for the Blue Jays um, on the big league roster, and which was just an awesome experience. You know, at that point, you don't really understand. Obviously, you know Craig Biggio which is a funny story. I wish I had my buddy here, Adam, um, which we'll probably end up having him on the podcast anyway. But, um, you know, he was, he's the biggest Astros fan I think I know. <laughs> and he was starstruck when we we're pitching because that's like his hero. He's been like the biggest Astro fan since he was born. And he's like over here pitching against Craig Biggio and his son. He's just like, oh my God, you know. So he drew the ball that game. I was catching. Um, long story short, we end up losing. And I was like, pretty sad i didn't cry because and this is what a lot of people you know the kids that weren't going to play and they knew they weren't going to play and no desire to play you know there's tears it's your last high school game it's really the last baseball game ever um you know and and i'm sitting there and i'm watching these guys and i'm hugging my buddies and and we're talking and you know i'm sitting there and i'm like shit man like for some reason i just feel like there's more about to happen i don't know what it is but i knew at that moment for for whatever reason, if you know, call it a hunch, intuition, I don't know. Um, I had no college offers at the moment, nothing. I was just like, but for some weird reason, I really felt like this ain't over yet. And sure shit. So I, I, you know, we leave the game, I get on the bus, we come back, we enjoy that bus ride. It was a great time. Um, give me one second, I need to fix this real quick. Okay, weird glitch there. Anyway, <laughs> so I enjoy the bus ride home. We're coming home. My dad picks me up. My mom and dad pick me up at the school, and and I'm I'm kind of like in a weird mood. Like I said, I'm I'm like almost neutral. I'm like I don't I don't know if this is really over yet. I am kind of like in the, just in a neutral mood. It's late. I'm like it's been a long day. Um, and my dad goes, "Hey, there was um, he goes, how you feel? I'm like, I'm you know, I'm all right. You know, it is what it is. You know, he goes." Um, so there was a scout in the stands and I was like, oh, I'm sure there was plenty of, you know, they had some guys pumping some, some really fat, you know, throwing some gas, you know, sure there was. And he goes, yeah, he goes, no, but, um, there was one that was asking about you and, and remind you, I just started catching 
a year ago, right? So I'm like, why? You know, I'm not the great. And I knew I was batting like eighth in the lineup. Uh, what was he there to see? Like, I was kind of just like almost, I was like, you know, the lineups were turned in the day before his playoffs. I wasn't ever going to pitch. There was never a question if I was going to pitch. Um, you know, my, my tout was like, I was going to be behind the plate the whole game. And he goes, yeah, exactly. They were there to watch catch. And I was like, bullshit. Why? Oh yeah. You know, I'm not that good. And, and he was like, well, this guy really thought you were. So he's like, we actually have to come back to Houston next weekend to, to, to do like a full, he wants to see you hit. He wants to see you throw. He wants to see everything. I said, fair enough. So we show up. And this is before I finish the story for anyone listening who's going through the recruiting process. You know, you always hear the, the cliche thing like you never know who's watching. And, you know, there's you know, you, you're playing against teams Let's say you're in high school and you're, you're going through the recruiting process and you don't really know where you stand. You're, you're, you're working hard, which I always implore you to do. You really never know who's watching. and I'm going to tell you why. So we end up going to the <clears throat> to the, the Houston. We're, we're at St. Pius um, in Houston. Um, and we're at the field and he goes, Elijah, nice to meet you. His name is Jimmy Kirk. I still keep in contact with Mr. Kirk. He's a great man. And his son Kyle's a, a dude. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we, we show up and, and he's like, Elijah, I want to, you know, let's see how you work out, blah, blah, blah. You know, we do the workout and he's like, where do you want to go to school? And I said, I, I really want to stay in San Antonio. And he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a school in San Antonio for you. No bullshit. He told me straight. And that's why I respect people that do that. There's no school in San Antonio for you. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, St. Mary's is booked. They've already done all the recruiting. You'd be a bench player if not a red shirt. He goes, Incarnate Word just turned D1, and I'm sorry, son, you're not ready to play D1. So I took that to a shot to my chest. <laughs> I took that pretty hard. He goes, my advice? He goes, I'll get you into junior college tomorrow. And we're back at the junior college talk. I don't want to play junior college. And, and in my head at the moment, the school I liked the most with, with everything was Incarnate Word. And to this day, I still love Incarnate Word. I think it's a beautiful campus for as small of a school it is. It's really great. Um, and he goes, you know, I'll make the call. If you want to go there, I, I know the coaches there. I know Heap. I know uh, at the time John Maley was there and, and Chase Tidwell was the coach. I'm sorry, Tidwell wasn't there yet. It was Rayleigh. He goes, I know Rayleigh. He came from, you know, he came. I know Rayleigh. I know Heap. I know Maley. If you want to play at Incarnate Word, we can make that happen. Sure as shit. <laughs> a week later. In the mail comes my acceptance letter from Incarnate Word. Hadn't got one. My grades were shit. All of a sudden, there it was, sitting me in the looking at me in the face. Here is your acceptance letter. Get the acceptance letter. Open it up. Thirty minutes later, John Maley's calling. Hey Elijah, we, we you know we heard some really great things, and we want you over at Incarnate Word. Now, when I when we're talking about this, right, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, ah. Uh, you know, I've heard I wasn't good enough. The second time I've heard that, right? Multiple times throughout my life. You're not good enough to play D1. But he didn't say you're not good enough. He said you're not good enough yet. Now, that's important because I didn't know at the time, you know, how that whole thing was going to really wrap up. And and truly where my talent level was, I didn't know. And I was about to get kicked in the fucking mouth. So we, you know, I, and here, here's the other thing, guys. I went to Central Catholic High School in San Antonio, Texas, right? I've been a Catholic school boy since I was in sixth grade. I was not aware of how big 
the talent pool really is in the public school area, right? So I, I feel like when I went up through high school and when I right before I got to college, I was living a very sheltered in baseball life. You know, I was like, I wasn't really experiencing the greatest talent there was. I hadn't seen a whole lot. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I was playing, you know, in, in, Right at the time when I was playing, it's a little different now. Uh, private school baseball and private school sports have really taken a, a jump. Um, but at the time, you know, every school has like two, three dudes. Some only one, and those dudes are legit, and that's great, you know. Um, and that was like the the all that I knew was like, oh, these guys are pretty good. But like in my head, I'm like, I'm not that much behind you. Like, give me a year, and I'll be right there next to you. Um, you know, okay, so. I enroll in Carnet Word, you know, fast forward into this point where I said I got kicked in the fucking mouth. Well, fast forward. And I remember I, I start going through everything. And this was a, a culture shock. Because remember, I'm very introverted. You know, we're used to practice Monday through Saturday. We have Sundays off. Don't worry about it. Conditioning, none. Workouts, none. I mean, it was a, it was a culture shock. It was it was something I had never seen before. So we had Monday, Wednesday, Friday wait. So obviously we go into the fall. You know, we meet the team, we go through all the meetings. I don't know a fucking soul. I don't know anybody here. I'm already introverted. People probably thought I was weird as shit. Didn't say a word to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I pretty much was the guy who went and got my work in, and then I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you're not gonna see me again. I don't party. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm still not that way. Just not who I am. I'm just like I, I just ride the straight arrow. I, boring as it is. It's who I am, right? So fall workouts begin. Workouts. I had been going to a trainer, tailoring workouts to my, you know, my levels, my strength. They don't give a shit about that when you get to, especially at a D1 program, they don't care. You know, we're, we're hitting the ground running. Like we're expecting to win. This is our first year. We have something to prove. I didn't take all that into account. I was like, I'm just here to play baseball. Let's play baseball. It's like, brother, it don't work that way anymore. So... You know, we had weights Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we had, if I recall correctly, we had conditioning on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Boy, when I say I got kicked in the mouth, I really got kicked in the fucking face. I mean, it was, and it wasn't even that bad. You know, that was the funny thing is I look back at it and I'm like, I could have owned that shit now, you know? Um, so I remember I went to my first conditioning and I thought, oh my God. I was so dead. I was, I was, my body was wrecked because I hadn't really been putting in any effort in anything I had been doing. And it, and it, and like, as I said, foreshadowing, I look back at my life and I look back at my playing career and I'm like, wow, I really didn't, I don't think I really tried. Like I was good. I let a lot of my natural abilities take hold in a lot of spots, but I didn't really try. And I think that that's kind of the reason why I was never actually that guy because I never really gave it everything I had. And it's sad, but a lot of people realize that, and you'd rather realize it then than never at all. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, this is really hard. This is really tough. I remember, guys, and, and when I when I explained this to you, when I came from a shelter, we didn't at, when I was in high school, we didn't run unless we were in trouble. There was no mandatory workouts. I know in high in private schools, and I think now at Central we do have an athletic period, which they're working out and stuff now. But all this stuff was news to me. Remember, so this is a shock. I got to go to school. I got to make sure I'm at practice. I got to make sure I'm at the workouts performing and working hard. I got to make sure I'm sleeping. 
I got to make sure I'm still keeping a little bit of a social life. So the, the student athlete life was such a, it was a lot to take. I remember I would, you know, running was at 6 AM and I would get to the, I'd get to the field because I was supposed to be living at home, but I, I was so wrecked mentally that I had a dorm and I never stayed there. I just like, I just wanted to disassociate my life with like incarnate word and baseball, which is, it's, it sucks and it's bad. And I, I, but I, I accept that that's how it, how it went down. I just wanted nothing to do with incarnate word at that point. Cause I was, I was literally going to my workouts and you can call me a bitch. And I was like having a mental breakdown before we'd have to go out there and exert and run. Why? Now I'm running, you know, sometimes I'll average 40 miles a week. I'm sprinting, doing hills. I, and it's a, it's a big difference to who I was, who I am now versus who I was at that point. Um, so we're going to get back into the importance of grades. So I end up going and, and we're playing and, and at this point I'm seeing all these kids, junior college transfers, some big motherfuckers. There's a, I mean, this is division one baseball. You know, we're, these are guys that have transferred from, from Navarro. We've got some dudes from Angelina college. We've got dudes that are just dudes that were already here before. And you know, it's crazy. I, I was like, I am, I am a pipsqueak. I am nowhere near these guys. These guys have been playing some serious ball and it was a wake up call. Like, hey, dude, this game is bigger than your little Catholic school game you think you play back in at K-League Field, bro. This is a bigger game than you think. Um, and it's not even there yet, right? So, you know, we, we start working out, we start playing, we start doing some live at-bats, some cool stuff, and I am behind. I mean, I, I hadn't, you know, we used to see 90 every so often. Now every dude pumping on this team is is 90 plus. And I struggled. I had a really hard time. Catching, I wasn't bad. I, I was catching just fine. I was blocking. I, I'm, I was good. I was a good catcher. But at the plate is where I really struggled. And everywhere else I really struggled. They saw that. I mean, no coach is going to let that fly, right? They had already made their cuts. And he calls me into his office. And goes, hey, brother. Um, you're not eligible to play Division One." And I said, what? And he goes, your grades from high school, your transcripts coming in, you're about 0.2 off, which means I had a 2.3 GPA coming out of high school. So when I say that my grades were bad, they were very bad. You need a 2.5 to play out of high school, and it's a 2.3 coming out of out of college. So he said, we have no choice. Number one, we were going to redshirt you anyway. Um, but if you want to stay, we'll, you know, we'll keep the redshirt. We'd love to have you. Um, we'd want to see you develop, but you're not playing this year, basically, is what he's saying. Whether it's there was really nothing. His hands were tied, but they were going to redshirt me anyway. So I'm sitting there and he goes, you know, if you want to go transfer, we'll, we'll sign transfer papers. We'd love, we want you to stay, but we're not going to hold you back if there's somewhere you want to go play instead. And at the time I, I hadn't thought about any of that. You know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know anything. And I was like, well, I think I'm just going to, and this is where it kind of got a little fuzzy. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of just like not going to do this. So I remember I went home, I told my parents, I said, they're going to redshirt me or I wasn't going to play anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm not going to ride the bench all year and not get anything done. My parents were pissed. <laughs> I said, but you know what I'm going to do? You know, screw that. I'm going to train. Because I had seen, right, where these kids were and how good they were and how great they were. I was like, I'm going to train like you have never seen. I'm going to get I'm gonna get ready to go play somewhere. And if it's there... If it's wherever it is, I'm going to like, I'm not going to squander this. I'm going to take the whole spring from January to the spring, summer, from January to the summer. We're getting after it. And that's what I did. So I didn't play my first year. I made it through the fall, went to the exit meeting. They did all that. And 
spring came, I kind of disassociated, cleaned up my locker, and I was like, we're going to train. And I trained from January through May, and then I played summer. Um, and that's when it got interesting. Um, so I ended up training all year. I put on a bunch of weight. I bulked like, and this is where it still gets interesting is like, I had already lost a lot of weight really. And then I gained a lot of it back because I was very uneducated in, in athletics and how we eat and how you should eat and how you should train and how you should do all that stuff, which I'm now very much versed in. I graduated with exercise and sports science degree, um, interned at multiple sports performance places. So I'm very much versed in how an athlete should be taking care of themselves, eating, training, perform all that stuff. Right. But back then not a fucking clue. So I'm just throwing down milkshakes and Chick-fil-A. I'm eating like a beast. I'm lifting, throwing around weight every single day with my trainer. I'm throwing three times a week. I'm hitting every day with my buddy. Um, and we're putting in some work, you know, we're getting after it and end up summer league comes and we're playing in the summer playing out in Houston. Every, every, since I graduated from high school, every year I played out in Houston. I played with a great group of dudes from various different colleges, Rice, HBU, some St. Mary's guys, some incarnate word guys. We had some bigger D one guys from, uh, Arkansas, little rock. We had some dudes. It was a great time. And that, that same group actually stayed together and we played the Houston league and it was really fun. Um, yeah, so that's what I did. And, and of course here comes July. And Elijah is once again without a place to play. I hadn't gotten back to Coach Heap at Incarnate Word if I was coming back. Um, he said I would be, you know, when I told him I was done, he said, well, we'd welcome back the next year if you play somewhere else. Hadn't even thought. I was actually very upset with him. I was pissed. I was like, I don't want anything to do with you fuckers. I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play for you. Um, because I felt like I was ousted. Like I was like, they're telling me I'm not good enough. But then everyone was telling me that. So I don't know why I was like so shocked about it, but whatever. So here comes July and Kirk goes, hey, bub where are you going to play next year? I, I was like, at the time I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to try to go back to current word. And he goes, you're not going back to current word. I won't let you do that to yourself. Not a bad school. It's just not a place for you, right? You always want to find a school that actually has a spot in the design plan for you as a player and a student. Current word was not the place for me because there wasn't a spot for me. They weren't looking at me. I was not desired to be there. I would have been an add on and had to have had a much harder journey. He goes, listen, I'm going to have to break your heart. And you know, I go, what? He goes, the only place that you're going to get now uncommitted and actually get a little bit of money is junior college. And here's, here's the junior college talk again. And I'm like, okay, well, where do you want me to go, Kirk? Where, where is the place to go? And I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just frustrated. And he goes, um, well, I have coaches from Angelina are willing to come up here and watch you and three other guys from our team that don't have a spot. My dad's like, we'll take it. We'll be back here next Saturday. Let's go. All right. I don't think it was Saturday. I think it was during the week. Let's go. Sure as shit. We come up on like a the middle of the week and coach Livin and coach Martinez at the time show up. And, you know, I had a couple of buddies of mine and some other guys from the team are out there and, you know, we're playing, we're playing, you know, we're, we're hitting, we're catching. And I got on the bump and, and I sat like 80, 84 to 86. Living loved it. He goes, hey, you like to pitch? I said, yeah, I like to pitch. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, remember, I hadn't, I hadn't done a whole lot of pitching to this point. I was catching Saturday, both games on Saturday. I was pitching the first game Sunday mornings, and I was catching the rest of the time. So I'd get, it, I'd get like probably four innings a week at the most. Most of my time was spent training to be a catcher. And... I'm catching, and, and he goes, we'd love to have you as a pitcher or a two-way. 
because that day I think we did some live at bats and I was just stroking. I was just on my shit that day. And I was like, you know, okay. I was like, where are y'all located again? He goes, in Lufkin, Texas. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, we'll talk about it. But that's what I told him in my head. I'm like, fuck no. Lufkin, where the hell is that? So we get in the car, we come back. Or I'm sorry, we don't even get there yet. I have, I have to give you the, the gist of the story, which I've already reiterated this part to when I was talking to Chris Estrada. He goes, well, you want to come? I said, well, I, you know, I think about it. He goes, okay. He goes, I'll give you till nine o'clock tonight. What? Nine o'clock. So I'm like, okay, you know, nine o'clock. That's cool, I guess. We get in the car, we come back, and my dad's like, Elijah, I think you need to go to Angelina. Oh, man. I'm like, okay. Like, let's, um, all right. You know, I mean, do I have a choice? Nope. I already made the call. So he made the call without me even knowing. And I think to that day is probably one of the best decisions he could have made for me at that point. Um, so sure, keep traveling. And then, you know, we went up to visit it. The dorms were a dump. The school was very nice. The field is the field and the locker room, everything was beautiful, but the dorms were a dump. Tardy talked about that. I had mold growing in there when we showed up. We had to literally have we got to delay me and my buddy or my roommate at the time was Cole Eves, who actually came from Incarnate Word too, which is insane. Insane. Um and we actually had to wait an extra like 40 minutes to get into our dorm because there was mold growing in the bathroom. Nasty. Excuse me. I'm taking a little sip of my energy drink. And so I am, you know, I'm already nervous as shit. I'm looking at this place. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a clean freak. I'm a germ freak. So this freaked me the fuck out big time. And yeah, so my parents take me up there. I've never at this point in my life, guys, been away from home. Now I'm six and a half hours away. Well, six if you don't if you don't get caught in Houston traffic, it's about five, five and a half. So we show up there and same thing comes. You know, I'm I'm playing, you know, but I was already a little bit better. I was stronger. I was I was better. Oh, and by the way, they didn't give me any money. They said, We have a spot if you want to play, you can walk on, you can try out. Because in junior college, if you don't know, junior college has two seasons. They have a fall and a spring. Because NJCA has less restrictions, you know, we the minute that you, you report, I think like a week before school, and you, you know, you have two weeks of practice and you're straight into inner squads. And after the inner squad period is done, you have a full schedule of games against other junior colleges, showcase leagues, teams, everything in between. So we're playing all year. I mean, you're playing the fall, take the winter break, and you're playing the spring. Now, I balled out that year, that fall. I was like, I have something to prove. I want to play. I want it bad. But I was homesick as shit. And and the, the funny thing was like, and this is why I say baseball is an escape for a lot of people, because the, when I was on that field with those dudes, I was not homesick in the slightest. Not a bit. The minute I left... I was, because I was very introverted. I didn't want to talk to a whole lot of guys, but you have to mingle with these dudes. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I ended up pitching that year. I do great. They offered me a full ride at the end of that of that semester at the detriment of obviously somebody else lost their scholarship, but I'll take it. <laughs> and I pitched really well that year. I was like, I ended up coming back that year. I, I trained again that fall. Did really well. Um, that spring came. And once again, the, the good the good luck continued. I was doing really well. I think I was like the number one 
closer within the ERA. I don't don't fact check me on that. I've heard that from like four different people. I don't know if that's true. I don't really care. I just know I pitched really well that year. I didn't, but the funny thing was, guys, I didn't even throw hard. I was throwing to the mid, mid upper 80s. I mean, I was sitting 83, 84. I'd run it up to a seven every so often. And this is where things get a little bit different. So that year we actually went um, and we we went to the the conference tournament, which would have taken us to the World Series. We came to the la- the championship game of the of the conference tournament against San Jack. We had to double dip them because John King threw like a one hit shutout against them, and they were the most stacked team I've ever played in my entire life. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So when I say they're stacked, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm being serious. When we went into the game, so we went deep into that tournament. Yeah, we went deep. I mean, like we had played, I think it was six games. We were right, we were there for so long that we hadn't packed enough clothes to stay there type shit, right? So I'm like, okay, you know, we're trying to figure out who the hell we're going to pitch, right? So my buddy Carson, we've had Carson on the podcast, was a freshman that year. He's young. He threw a lot. He was huge, threw hard then too. Not as hard as he throws now, but he threw hard. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he's a... Uh, he got to start that game, but there was no one. We didn't have anybody else. And they were like, we can't throw, you know, we need somebody in case he gets in trouble, yada, yada. I'm nervous. There's, you know, we're playing San Jack, right? In the, in the last two games of the conference tournament. So there's scouts flooding this place. Um, so my nerves are already up. Radar guns in the back. I'd never played somewhere like this. And Carson gets into some trouble in the third and they call my name to go out there and pitch. And before we get to that point and what happened there, we were actually talking to the bullpen guys at the for San Jack, and we were like, "Yeah, we're we're throwing this freshman who's never he doesn't even have a conference inning." And they're like, "Oh, we're throwing a guy that doesn't have a conference inning." And I was like, "Oh, wait, well maybe this is going to be legit. Maybe we're going to be in the same boat. We're just going to have to duke it out." And I'm like, "Oh, really? Who, who is it?" And he gave me his name, and he goes, "Yeah, he sits um, 96 to 98, committed to TCU." And we're like, "What? Doesn't have a conference inning, and he throws 98?" What are we doing here, right? And that was just mind blowing at how great this this club was. It was insane. I just had to throw that stat. That that'll forever stick with me. It was like, oh, we're throwing this guy who's a freshman. He doesn't even have a conference inning, and he's a little wild. Oh, that's cool. We're throwing a guy who sits ninety, who throws ninety eight, and he's committed to TCU. No big deal, right? I'm like, what the hell? So I go out there, I pitch. I think I lit, hit one eighty six. I'm throwing eighty three, eighty four, nothing, right? And I shut him down for like six innings. No bullshit. And everyone was like, oh my God, this is like insane. And I'm like, I'm just offsetting Carson who was throwing 95, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, so that, we ended up losing that tournament. That was a great first year of college baseball and it was a great experience for me. I, I will always take that year. We had a great group of guys. We had a great chemistry as a team. Awesome year. Um, came up short, but it was awesome. And I remember I went home that year and I thought, I've seen so many nines. I need to throw nines. And I think to this day, that was the biggest mistake I could have ever made. And I'm going to tell you why. So that whole, that whole off season, and, and I'll tell this to people now and, and you know, I have no, I didn't play anything crazy. I wasn't getting drafted. I went home and I was like, I need to do something cause I need to beef up. And I think that that was just the truly, I think it was just the, the peer pressure of like, I need to be better. And it looks like I need an edge. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, guys. One second.
anyway, so that season, that off season, I come home from from school and and I tell my dad, I'm like, hey, I, I got to do something. So I started taking a lot of test boosters. I was taking a lot of things you shouldn't be taking. I wouldn't say it was steroids, but it definitely wasn't legal. Um, and I beefed up really big. I was running miles. I was training way harder than I had ever trained before. When I thought I trained hard the year before, I was getting after it. We're playing that year. And I went from 84 to 85 to sitting 90 to 92. And like I said, that was the biggest mistake because obviously like I look back at it, I'm like, okay, on top of all the training, on top of all the stuff you're taking, on top of everything you're doing, the stress on your body, now you're exerting more force, you're exerting more, and it was all just to throw hard, you know, which sucked. I mean, it 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 ended up hurting me in the long run. So I ended up coming back that the next year. Had a lights out fall. I mean, I'm throwing low 90s three plus pitches. I have all these schools coming after me and, and in the fall I was doing so well. My area was like a 0.56 for the fall. It was that good guys. And I got schools, SFAs talking to me. Lamar wanted to talk to me. Um, Kingsville wanted to talk to me, which we'll talk about Kingsville, but I wanted to go home. That was my whole goal. I want to go home. I want to play at home. No one wanted me at home. So, you know, everyone's kind of, kind of, you know, kicking their feet around trying to get me an offer. And Kingsville was the first people to be like, hey, we saw you throw at Wharton. It was lights out. We want you to come down for a visit. I didn't want to go D2. My head was like, I'm, and this is so far fetched for me at this point. I was like, I want to get drafted or I want to play D1. So dumb. So I go to Kingsville and, and I, I honestly regret the way I treated that visit because I didn't give a shit. I was like, I'm not going to come here anyway. And they end up throwing the book at me and giving me a full ride. And I was like, kind of like, I don't know, you know, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm not feeling this. It's another small town. Walmart's 15 minutes on the other side of town. My apartment's on the other side. I'm like, I really don't feel this. I'm not feeling it. And I come home and I call my mom because my dad's no longer in the picture. I call my mom and she's like, Elijah you should take it. You should take it. And I'm like, I don't really want to go to this school. It was, it felt right. But this is the other thing, you know, we've, we've had multiple people come on here and I know I'm kind of breaking in and out of the story to give you more backside, but here's the thing guys. And I mean this, and we've had multiple people talk about this and here's the, here's the hard truth. When you're going through the college recruitment process, Always, 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 always visit the school. Always. Because even when I was at Kingsville, I didn't feel at home. I didn't feel at home. And I knew that deep down in my gut, I didn't feel at home. And I knew that. But I, you know, and I let my mom really push that. And I'm not mad at her about it. I'll never be mad at her about that. It, it, you know, that's the way life goes, right? And I took it because it looked good on paper. The offer was there. They were going to pay me money to go. You know, when it came through FAFSA and student loans, I was going to get a kickback to live. And, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to find the words to describe this feeling. I, I never wanted to be there, but it felt like the right thing to do. And the minute I signed and talked to everybody, everyone told me, Elijah, I think you overshot. All right, I think you I think you jumped the gun. I even talked to my head coach and I said, Hey coach, do you think I you think I made a mistake? I remember I at mid year, 
of the of my sophomore year, my red shirt sophomore year at Angelina, I remember I pulled my coach aside. I said, hey, we need to talk. And, and me and Livin had a conversation. And I wasn't even having a good year because what happened was I think there was so much shit happening in my life at the time that baseball was probably the furthest thing. And I, and I won't go into the details of all that because it's a mess. And it wasn't anything personally with me. It was more family related. When I say my dad's not in the picture, that's what I'm talking about, that I, I really lost focus of what I was supposed to be doing there. And there was just so much stuff happening off the field that for me, all the success I was having on the field was actually taken away from me. And it sucked because my mind was always elsewhere. And I remember I thought, okay, well, as long as I have a place to play, I don't really care what happens after that. As long as I have a place to play, I'll be okay. And I kept looking at it that way. But then more and more D1 scouts were emailing me and all these people were talking to me. And I was like, fuck, did I make a mistake? Because they were like, hey, you know, we want to talk. Can you call me? And I was like, well, I, I've been informed. I have to let you know I've, I've signed a, a, an NLI or National Letter of Intent. And conversation over, done. No one talking. So I remember I called my coach and I said, hey, do you think I made a mistake? He goes, I think you may have jumped the gun a little bit. He goes, and I was like, do you think? And this was the most, the biggest validation in the moment. And I'm going to explain why. He told me, Elijah, you are all, you are good enough to play Division One and more. And he told me that. And it almost broke my heart a little bit because at that point I'm like, I'm the biggest, like I'm loyal to a fault where I'm like, I, I gave you my word. Now I have to take it back. And I could never do that to, to Kingsville. I just couldn't do it. And I think I hated myself for that for a long time. I was like, God, you know, I was so mad. I was pissed. So the rest of that season, I just shit all over it. I was like, I don't, uh, you know, what the hell is the point? I can't go anywhere anyway. And I knew deep down I'm not getting drafted. You know, it's not going to happen. I'm not, you know, I don't have that skill set yet. Um. So it is what it is. So I finished the year um, and I pitched that summer and this is when shit kind of got a little crazy. So that I, at the end of that year, I remember that year at Alvin, you know, I was already, my, my mindset was in the toilet already. I was like, I'm pissed. I don't want to be here. I'm, I, I ruined this. Any chances of me going to a big time D1 school, I shit all over it. And I was at Alvin and I'm warming up to pitch. I was starting that game. Um, and I felt that I was throwing my curveballs, and I felt the in my elbow and I was, I was freaking out and I was like, holy shit, but it didn't hurt. It felt more like a, like a sore feeling. And I was like, well, maybe I just strained it. I, and I didn't, and this is where a lot of times I have, I, I should have said something like, well, cause my coach was like, Hey, you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Elkins. And he's like, Hey, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I, I think I just popped my elbow a little bit. And he looked at me and he was like, Oh, do you? what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, let me, let me throw a couple. And I threw and, and it felt okay. My Vila was definitely down. Um, long story short, ended up going out there and just shitting my shit myself. I did not do good. I didn't have any breaking pitches. I didn't have anything coming out of my hand. Right. There was something wrong. I ended up telling my coach that we took like two weeks off. Two more weeks pass and I get back in there and I feel okay. I'm still a little bit down. Um, my mindset's still in the shitter. And, um, I don't know. I, I was never the same. So there was a little bit of like a three week gap before summer ball when I went back to Houston to play and, and everything like that. And, and I remember playing that year and it felt okay. It never got, it never really got worse. It felt all right. And, um, I just had a, had a really lackluster mindset going into that year. And like I said, with all the family stuff happening at home and 
all that stuff, you know, school was creeping closer and closer. We went to orientation and we did all that stuff. And I'm just not sold on this school. And it's nothing against the school. It's a beautiful school, a beautiful campus. I mean, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And I just, I remember my mom went with me to the orientation because parents were supposed to go. And I told her, I, I mean, I remember telling her like, I don't feel right about this. It just doesn't feel right. I don't know what it was, but the truth is now that I've talked to so many ex-college guys, it's like, it just didn't feel like home and you're not going to perform. You're not going to feel welcome at somewhere. You're not feeling like home. Um, Angelina felt like home. That's when I knew what that felt like. And I ended up, you know, sitting back and thinking and, and time kept crept closer and closer and closer and closer to report day. And I remember I, 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 you know, I pulled my mom in and everything that was happening out, you know, like off the field, you know, my brother was a senior that year. My my sister was going into her eighth grade, or she was in her eighth grade year. Going, I'm sorry, she was going to be a freshman in high school. And like I said, my dad was out of the picture, and I was like, you know what? I need to be here. I need to. I need to. I need to find a way. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in Kingsville. There's nothing really drawing me there. I'm going to figure this out. So I ended up calling the coach, and I told him, "Hey, I'm not coming. I'm sorry." And he, you know, I'm, I'm crying because I, I felt like I've let somebody down, which I did. I left the whole team down. But had they known truly what was going on, I, and I didn't want to disclose that because there's just no reason to, um, I think there would have been a different story because it, it came back to get me. Um, you know, he's like, do we need to give you more money? Is that the issue? I said, no, it's not the money, man. It's not the money. It's just there's so much more happening, right? So I end up shitting on the offer. I don't go. I didn't go to school that fall because obviously it's too late to register. Everyone was like, you can go to junior college. I'm like, no, I just need to take a second. So I ended up working. I actually came back to, to Baseball Express for a couple months. Um, and then um, I actually coached that year. I coached the fall baseball team my brother was on. So I, that's when my coaching career kind of started a little bit. Um, and then sure as shit, you know, word got out that I, I didn't commit. I didn't go. And Coach Mealy called me in like October or not Mealy, Coach uh, Meagle at St. Mary's calls me, and he goes, hey, I uh, talked to my buddy Jimmy Kirk. That boy, Jimmy Kirk, knows everyone. And he, you know, we're talking about players and anybody he's seen, and he said, well, you know, I you know, got this kid, and Kirk was pissed off at me for a while, and he goes, you know, I got this kid who, you know, throws pretty damn good, and he just forewent his his uh, college commitment to Texas A&M Kingsville. Meagle uh, heard that and called me right off the, right at the, literally, if he called me like, I think immediately after that phone call and he said, Hey, we'd love to get you down here talk. And so I went down there and we talked and talked to Ermis and Femath and everybody over there. And they're like, Hey, we, you know, we obviously don't have any money. We're mid season. We've already given out, you know, mid season scholarships. I said, no, I get it. Um, but let's, he's like, get all your transfer stuff done and let's, let's do this. We'd love to have you. I said, Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to do this. So and rolled back in St. Mary's rolled back in school over there, went through the transfer process and, Ooh, this upsets me. <laughs> so, you know, I end up, you know, we we start playing. We turn in all the transfer paperwork. The ADs over there turn in all their transfer from St. Mary's. They get it over to Kingsville for a signature to to release me. And I'm sorry, I, I'm just so pissed because the funny thing about this, and I'll I'll say this to the end of days, they told me if I ever needed anything, if I ever needed to get out, if I needed to go somewhere else, they even told me at Kingsville, hey, we'd be, we'd have no issue releasing you to do something else. We we want you to be happy. We want you to do that. And, you know, I, I'm upset. And long story short, 
they didn't release me because they had given me a scholarship. They lost that scholarship. I get it. I understand now looking back at the time, I was really pissed off because it took a season away from me. So basically they didn't release me. I had to take a, I think it took like a great, there's a, there's a term for it. I ended up sitting a year and I lost a year of eligibility that year. So I was pretty much pinning all year, working out all year with the team. I was there every game. I didn't travel, but I was there. I was pinning like two times a week, every five days or so. I was, I was throwing a pin and it was a lackluster deal. I had a great time. Great guys are awesome out there. Facility St. Mary's are awesome. And it is what it is, right? So I end up pending and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come back my senior year and I'm just going to shove. I'm just going to let everyone have it. This is all I got. It's my senior year. This is it. And that summer I'm pitching. I'm warming up to throw my start on a Saturday. And the pop returns. But this time, this was not good. Um, so I'm warming up to pitch. And, um, I remember I'm long tossing my, my catchers down the line and I'm throwing and all I've heard, I'm like probably, fuck man, if I had to guess, I was probably about 70, 80 yards out, you know, getting loose. I felt okay. I felt a little tight. I just did felt a little tight, but I, you know, my arm at that point felt tight every day. So I didn't think much of it. So I'm, I'm loosening up and all of a sudden I throw in and I hear the snap, the pop and my arm, my two fingers, my um, ring finger and my pinky go numb. My half, my hands numb and the ball sails 40 feet up the line and almost into the dugout type shit. Right. And I remember I, like my arm dangled and I remember I, I just immediately just walked to the dugout catchers like, Hey, are you all right? What's going on? I said, Hey, I need a minute. I walked to behind the dugout and I called my, my mom actually came that weekend. I said, Hey, you need to come here. And I went, she came over and I said, something bad just happened. Like something, this is not good. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm in tears because, and, and this is the thing like a lot of people don't understand about, about pitching is like, that's a, that's a, one of those things that that's almost inevitable at times, unless you have serious arm care. Um, and I, I knew at that moment I wasn't going to be able to play for another year. I had just, I had, and I remember I was crying. I was, I was in tears and I remember I told my mom, I was like, this is not good. I know it's not good. I need to go to the doctor. I can't feel my fingers. My arm is in like a like a numb, like not a numb. It was like a dull, like throb in my elbow. I knew exactly what it was, and I was just crying because I knew what it was. I mean, it was Tommy John. I knew what it was, UCL. And she knew too, and she was upset. And so I ended up having to, you know, I forewent that start, hung out because my brother was still playing, and he was actually going to be. He actually committed to St. Mary that year, so I was like so excited. It was going to be a great year. I was going to, I was going to play with my brother. It was going to be great they had already told me like, Hey, we're going to sit this year. You, you were going to come back. We're expecting big things. Like we're ready. And it was just one of those things. It was just so defeating. It was like, God, man, I can't catch a break. I didn't go to Kingsville. I had to sit a year. Now I'm here pitching, finally ready for a year at my last year of baseball. And I have Tommy John. Um, so I end up, I didn't pitch. I think I ended up not pitching that rest of that year, that summer. And I went back to when we reported to St. Mary's. I didn't tell my coaches. I probably should have told the coaches then, um, but I didn't. And I ended up going to to school that year. And I remember the first day of like workouts, practices. I went to the trainer. and said, "Hey, I need to go. I need you guys to set me up with an appointment, like now." And we went through all these different treatments, and they wanted to determine if it was Tommy John. Um, with all the treatments, they knew it was, and they sent me over to uh, the Spurs doctor um, over there, and. 
you know, they, they have to go through like their series of, of processes. So we went through an x-ray to make sure it wasn't bone related. Then we went to the MRI, the MRI will reveal, you know, the tear. I got the news back and they said, look, funny enough, they're like, you may have torn this, done this before. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I have, you know, I've been throwing my whole life. And he goes, you're elbow and this is something that will always and i tell people this all the time he, he, he described it because he didn't show me the mri he was just talking to me about it and he goes it looks like a grenade went off in your elbow like that's what your elbow looks like and i was like what the hell like i wish i had a picture of it to, sh to like at least see but that's what he described it as and he goes you've got so much scar tissue which is a clear indication of overuse and it all makes sense. You know, my whole life, I mean, I've been playing baseball year round since I was 12 years old. You know, at that point I was 23, you know, that's 11 years of year round baseball, throwing, 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 throwing. You don't feel good. Throw anyway. You don't feel right. Throw anyway. We need you today. Throw now. It's like, yeah. When I, when high school, I wasn't pitching. I was catching when I wasn't catching, I was pitching. It was one or the other flip, flop, flip, flop back and forth. And it, it, it kind of all clicked. I was like, yeah, it has to be and it's overuse, man. And he was like, look, man, I know you're a senior. You know, we got the whole report. He goes, the best we can do is we can do PRP shots. And that's going to at least numb the pain, alleviate it enough for you to play where we don't need to have surgery. And I'm like, okay, let's like, inject me. Let's go right now. And he goes, well, the thing about those is, you know, they're experimental medicine. So they're not real medicine. I don't know if that's changed to this point, but that's what he told me. He goes, they're, they're experimental medicine. I don't know if they're legit. I mean, I don't know if they're, we don't, we haven't, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said, I don't know if they're, I, I didn't know if they were legit. Sorry. Let me rephrase. I don't know if they're legit. He's saying experimental. He's got case studies showing that, that, it, that it works. It at least alleviates pain for about six to eight months and then you, it'll run off and then you need to get another injection. Um, so I'm like, I mean, okay, how much is it? He goes, well, it'll be, you know, you need two in your elbow, one in the front of the UCL and then where your scar tissue builds, we need another one in there. So it's two shots. It'll be 1400 at 700 a shot. And I said, okay, cool. Like my, my school insurance will cover it. You know, we'll, we'll, this will be fine. Like scammers will pay for it. And he goes, that's the thing. Um, it's experimental. So it, since it's not a guaranteed fix, it's not a guaranteed surgery. It's not a guaranteed, you know, remedy. It's out of pocket. We can't use insurance on it. And that just killed me again because I was like, man, I don't have that kind of money. My mom doesn't have that kind of money to just throw around. So I was like, is there anything else? He goes surgery or rehab take your pick so i call up my buddy phil jansen and patrick over at explosive sports performance is not explosive sports performance and i said bro i need you to rehab my elbow so we start going through rehab going through rehab going through rehab nothing's working it's not getting better and i'm thinking it's surgery i got i need i need freaking surgery and that's when i i called coach meagle and he asked me and we talked we're you know we're talking on the phone and he goes elijah you're not coming back are you and I said, it's not looking like it. And let me bring you into my mindset before, because I know there's people are going to be like, well, you should have just done it. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys. I, I am on, I was at that point in my life. I was, you know, five, I was, that was five years of college for me already. That was going to be my fifth year if I, if, you know, if I didn't graduate that spring, because I was slated to graduate that fall. So I would have had to, had to either start a master's program or just found classes to take to, to make me eligible to play. And even then, it it wouldn't have even been anything because you know I, I'd be sitting for a whole year, so I'd have to wait a year, and then I'd have to find classes to, to use that whole time. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm over it. 
I don't need this right now. And and no offense to anyone. I was like, if this isn't going to result in me playing pro ball, which I don't think at this point I have it in me to do anyway, there's no point. It's, you know, that's more debt I would be in, in, in crewing. I'd rather just finish and like, let's start something. So at that point, you know, I was, I was so upset with the game. I was so upset with baseball and how it ended that I wanted nothing to do with it. I was so upset. I was pissed off. I was like, dude, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with it. I literally was like, I, I, I want to wash my hands of this game. And I did. I, I did. I was, I ended up coming back. I got a job here because I was familiar with everyone here and I was in the call center. I was actually a, a team lead before left. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to finish college and we're just going to move on with our lives. And I did, I, I truly was so pissed off. I didn't watch baseball. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with baseball. I would went to go watch a couple of my brother's games. Didn't want to be there. I was pretty much forced by my girlfriend at the time to go because that was the right thing to do. But I was like, I was so upset with the game and how it, how I felt that it had treated me. But the truth is the game doesn't owe you shit, right? So I'm like, okay, this is the most humbling game. And it treated me like garbage when I've given everything. That's why I literally have a tattoo on my arm that says I gave my arm to the game because I did. Like my right arm will never be the same. I still haven't gotten surgery and I'll always have occasional pain here and there. Yeah, so... That kind of wraps the baseball career, but but here's the thing, guys. So I ended up scrapping baseball, and this is one of those things where I was talking. You know, I talked to my brother about it, and we talked about identity of the game and, and what it can do to you when you don't know how to let go. And for my whole life, you know, my dad and my parents were like, not really my mom so much. It was more my dad. Like I said, he was such a competitive person. He pushed that competitive edge on us that, you know, a lot of times, I was like, man this is all I know. Like I'm playing year round every weekend. My dad was skipping, you know, I wanted to play guitar for the longest time, for example, and like not shitting on my dad. He didn't know any better. This is what he thought was the right thing to do. He goes, he would tell my mom we're going to guitar lessons. And then I'd fall asleep in the car cause it'd be eight o'clock in the morning. And I, you know, he'd be like, oh, we're going to guitar lesson. You know, Hey Lori, we're going to guitar lesson. See you later. And, and I'd fall asleep in the car, wake up and I'm at a fucking baseball field. And he's like, get dressed, we're playing, like you're playing. And and that was my life. I was every weekend, every two, three, four times a week, I was hitting, I was throwing, I was playing. That was, baseball was who I was. That's all I knew. So when I decided, hey, I'm cutting it, I'm done, I don't want to play anymore, I don't want anything to do with this game, I had like an identity crisis. I was like, what am I doing? You know, like, who am I right now? And what's going on? And I ended up like, acting on like all the things that I had always wanted to do. I wanted to make music. I made music. I wanted to write a book. I wrote a book and I, I wanted to to really start running and I started running. And for a long time, I didn't want anything to do with the game, but I was still like inadvertently doing stuff with baseball because I was working at Baseball Express and I was in the customer service department and working there and, and just kind of just experimenting with life. I just nothing with baseball. Um, had a couple friends of mine be like, Hey, you should come play in a men's league on Sundays. It's fun. We just have a great time. And I was like, bro, fuck that. I don't want to play baseball. I don't, I'm, I'm done. Hang it up. There's no room for that in my life. <laughs> so, you know, let's fast forward again a couple more years. And I ended up working my way through, I ended up managing the customer service department here at baseball express, graduated from college with an exercise and sports science degree. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened. And, and I ended up moving and moving and moving. I ended up moving to the team sales department for us for a while and did that. And then slowly but surely, you know, baseball 
was just like, it was always in the back of my head because I would always see it. And like, eventually I started, I, I kind of gave up on that hate that I had like prematurely made about the game. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, oh, let me think about this for a bit. And then all of a sudden I get a call from St. Matthews. This was in 2020. Um, and, you know, Coach Waters is like, hey, he's the AD over there and he's a buddy. Of my, I grew up playing with his son, Andre, and we've been really close family friends with them. And he's the AD at St. Matthews. And he goes, Hey, you know, would you be interested in coaching the the baseball team here? You know, we got a really good team. We, we love to have you, you know, the game, you've played the game, you've been around it forever. Would you like to do it and help out our, our, our coach right now? And I said, sure, I'll do it. So that's what really kicked it into gear. I was like, okay, so I start coaching, then COVID happens. And but I, but that short period I coached, I almost fell back in love with it again, which is strange enough because me teaching everything that I learned to these kids was like refreshing and it was nice because they're soaking it up and they were having a good time. And it, it really like looking at these kids play, it like changed my, my thought process on this. I'm like, wait a minute, I've hated this game because I couldn't play. I didn't go pro. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't fucking Garrett Cole. I wanted to be Garrett Cole. I was never going to be Garrett Cole. And now I'm sitting here teaching baseball to these kids who may be able to become that. Like there was some kids I'm coaching. I'm still coaching that. I'm like, you could do big things in this game. And it just like, it like cleared my mind of like this, like hatred I had for this, this like preconceived hatred I had for this game. And it like freshened it. And I was like, I love this. This is fun. Like I'm teaching baseball. I'm around baseball. I love it. This is awesome. And I started coaching and I started giving some private lessons and then COVID hits and, and everything got kind of got shut down for a while. And and the next year came around and we're doing it again. I'm coaching again. And then I'm, I'm coaching with my buddy in 2022. We coached together and it was fun. And then all of a sudden this love just came back. It just, it just like filled me. I'm like, I'm, I am in love with this game again. And it's like from a different perspective of it, you know, like I that I never thought I'd be able to truly see. And so I'm, I'm, I'm still working in team sales. I'm still doing that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kathleen was actually, you know, her name's Kathleen. I won't give her full information out, but she, she believed in me and said, Hey, we'd really like you to come to the e-com side. You know, I, I was, I'm, I've always been big on social media for a while. I was doing a lot of fitness stuff. I was into ultra running. I was doing a lot of crazy shit over COVID. Um, I even completed like crazy enough. I completed this challenge by, if you haven't heard of David Goggins, I'm a huge fan of him i think he's a little bit nuts times at times but who isn't who, it, there's no one nuts that who's great at things it's just who, how it is obsessed with cam haynes and all these guys who are doing these crazy ultra runnings and i fell in love with that and i was doing that and i was posting about it and i was working out a lot like i was in the best shape of my life working out doing all this crazy shit and she's like hey i see all your social stuff like would you be interested in like maybe moving from team sales and like getting into like some of the e-com side of things like like hands-on with consumers and i was like absolutely so ended up taking on some email stuff um, doing a lot of our email campaigns and then that blossomed into, Hey, Elijah does a lot of social media stuff. Like you want to do social media stuff? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I did, I did the social media stuff for about six, eight months and we got a great new director of e-com, Eric, um, Holstadter who actually greenlit this podcast. So shout out to Eric. Eric does some really good shit, man. Um, and he, you know, his, his idea was like, why aren't we producing content? And I was like, that's a great question. I don't know. And I was like, you know, another another one of ours, she's a, a communications manager, Brittany, was like, why don't we do a podcast? Like, why haven't we thought about doing a podcast? Like, and it, and it just dawned on me. Like, I know a bunch of dudes at play, like, you know, and even taking this mindset that I've that I've learned, you know, 
and 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 experience and explaining that and showing that that this game's done more than you think it has. Um, and talking to people who are like Jose Trevino, John King, um, you know Max Clark, all these guys are doing great, huge things in baseball. Like, why wouldn't we try to to get that those stories out? You know, and um, that was the plan. I pitched it. Eric was cool with it. And at the same time, he was like, "Why don't we do more baseball stuff?" And over time, I was like, "Okay, well, you we can do some bat reviews." So we started doing bat reviews, and more and more, I fell in love with it again. And then talking to all these guys, you know, Brian Arias and Sierra Romero, and all these people who are great in the game of baseball and softball, I just like this whole love grew inside me from a different vantage point. It was crazy, and now I'm like at this place where I'm like, "Dude, I can't get enough of this. I, I love this." And it's such a 180 from where I was. If you asked me four years ago where I was about baseball, I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, I'm, I'm so sick of it. I don't want anything to do with it. It did nothing for me. But let me tell you something, guys. So, it, you know, we're, we're approaching that. We're about an hour 15 in, and I don't want to keep you guys too long. I know y'all have lives, and you're probably just listening to this on your drive home or your drive to work and or your drive to practice or wherever you are. You're studying. I don't care what you're doing. You're listening. Um, here's the thing about baseball, guys, and I'm going to finish with this. My whole life, this is this is true, and I'm going to hit on three points here. My whole life, as you can tell, you know, I was told in, in eighth grade I'll never play varsity. I didn't say this earlier, but when I was in high school, I was told I would never play college. This is a true story. And it, the, the thing that hurt the most was that it was the same coach who coached me from when I was 12 to 18. It's funny. You know, I'm going to tell that story because it really pissed me the fuck off. I, was, I had buddies that were playing at Our Lady Lake University. And I went to Incarnate Word and I played that year. I didn't play that year. I was redshirting, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was like, somebody had, you don't, did you pay to play there, blah. There was a lot of shit going around from that coach who was talking mad shit. And I was like, no, man, I, I just, it just happened. It just happened. It just fell in my lap, truly. And they're like, well, he's saying that, you know, you probably paid somebody to get in there, blah, blah, blah. And that, so that's another like chip on my shoulder, right? I couldn't play high school. Now you're not going to play, you didn't play college. You didn't really earn that to going and playing at, a, at the highest level against the highest guys my highest level, which was then, and then I ended up going and playing D2 and then, you know, shit happens. Right. But I, I still made that happen. It was never supposed to happen. I made that happen. So like baseball in itself being the game that it is, it's a game of failure. It's a game of loss. It's a game of like, it's, it's going to screw, it's going to piss you off to the fullest. Right. That, that shit translates whatever. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. You know, there's a reason why people like love student athletes. There's a reason why people are all about the student athlete because we've we've gone through stuff you know the student you know that's one thing i i think the game for it was like i have an immense amount of like multitasking sure multitasking is never truly multitasking you're slacking on something but i've i've learned being a student athlete and having to juggle classes having to juggle homework having to juggle a travel schedule having to juggle a game schedule a practice schedule still trying to have a social life still trying to enjoy yourself like all those things as a student athlete that every student athlete deals with is nuts it's a it takes a special individual to be able to truly do that and I think that being a student athlete and playing the game where I did, how I did, when I did, it that shit really helped me throughout my life. And it helps me now because now I take like adversity I've lived with my whole life. Literally since I was a kid, I've dealt with adversity. You're always the chubbiest. You're never the good, you know, all this crap. And I dealt with it. And I was like, one day, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this off one day, watch. And I did it. And then it was like, you're not gonna do this. Well, I did it then. Or you're not gonna do that. I did it, I did that. You know, it it, it all that came from this I think truly came from where I played this game and how much shit I took during this game and it's like now blossoming in my life like now I have I, I'd like to say I have a great work ethic I can multitask I can handle pretty much anything you throw at me I mean I'm, I'm and that all is is from the game I, I truly 
I attribute all that to how my years in playing baseball because like it, it's true like you go through so much you fail all the time over and over you can this is the only game where if you get 10 chances you can fail seven out of the 10 chances you can get on base three times and be a hall of famer it's nuts but that's what this game teaches you and i think that it's a great thing that it teaches you so yeah so i, I learned that i learned to overcome adversity a lot and i think that that's great the other thing is guys baseball you know, there's here's the thing, and this is this is the truth. Not everyone's going to play pro, and I know we've talked about this uh, multiple times. Being a professional baseball player is a 0.1 percent chance. It's so slim. But there are out like one thing I learned is that you know, you can still make a career in this. You can still, if you have passion for this game, look at those guys, Dean Sarm. Look at these guys who are making great baseball content. You look at the Dragon guy. I don't know the, the, the I don't even know his real name. He just calls himself the Dragon. Um, Eric Sim. All these guys making great, awesome, the Bat Bros, making great content. Guys, if you're passionate about the game, you'll find a way to make something out of it. I promise. If you're truly passionate about it, look at these guys. They're paving the way for this game, and they're not pro guys. They're just out there having a fucking blast, and that's that's what this is all about. So, number one, overcome adversity. It's That's what the game's taught me. Number two, there's always going to be a place in this game, even if it's not on the field. You can make something happen with this game. I promise. I'm doing it now. I'm living it. I love it. This is awesome. And, you know... With all that, all that stuff being said, you know, there's always a place for you in this game. I promise you there is, you know. And the third point is, it's called the children's game for a reason, right? For a long time, this is the last point I'm going to make before I end this. For a long time, I thought, okay, I'm done playing competitively, truly for a purpose. I'll never step on a men's league field again. I'll never go play recreation. I'll never just, like, I don't want to go hit for fun. Go out and do that, man. I remember like for a long time, I was like, if I'm not playing, you know, for, for the truth of it, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. And then I finally did it guys. And I'm telling you, it's fun to just go out and have a good time and play the game and enjoy the game and have a great time. And I, and there's times that I sit back and I wish that I actually played with this level of calmness and confidence that I have now. I wish I was playing like that when I was truly playing. And it's one of those things, guys, you just like, if you're still playing, gentlemen, if you're still out there grinding, if you're if you're still playing softball, if you're a female, enjoy it. Truly give it everything. Play hard. Play fast. And I promise you this, everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. Even if it doesn't seem that way now, I promise it will. Because that's the biggest thing, guys, like me, you know, sitting here, looking back, like literally reminiscing on my career. I don't think I've done this in a long time. I don't think I've truly sat back and like listened to my own story, which is interesting. Maybe the reason why I never thought about doing it is I just didn't want to hear it. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, it's taught me so much. I've, I've met a lot lifelong friends. I've, I've been to places I didn't think I would ever visit in my life. Lufkin, Texas, <laughs> Posier Parish, Louisiana. I mean, places you never think you're going to be. I've seen, I've met great friends, friends that I've, I've been in their weddings. We're best friends. I mean, it's shit that I've never thought would happen. Had I not gone and taken that leap to go and do all these things, I would never meet these people. Right. So that's, that's the truth, man. This game is a beautiful game and it'll take you places you never thought. You just got to give it a chance and stay confident, stay hard. You're going to be fine. I promise. Keep playing, keep going. And you'll look back and realize that some of these days, some of these memories and, and times you were playing were some of the greatest times of your life. And that's that's about what I realized here talking to you guys about this. But yeah, guys, I'm I'm here now. We're playing. We're doing some great stuff. We're we're doing some really awesome things over at at Baseball Express. And 
like I said, I have to thank a lot of people here to actually give me the opportunity to do this. I mean, there's plenty of people to thank and this, we're nowhere near the end and we're not going to be near the end because there's so much more coming, but just thought, you know, it's cool to, to reminisce on where we are, where we've come and where we are now, where I am now is nuts. It's cool. It's crazy. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to my rambling on about my career. I know it's, it was tumultuous. It's kind of crazy. And, and there's so many more backstories and pieces I probably missed that we'll eventually have to talk and touch on again. There'll be another point where I'm sure it'll just be me, but Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. This was a this was a fun time. It was a good time listening to it and, and really playing it back. And like I said, guys, and one more thing before I actually finish off, before I take off, keep your grades up. Work hard in the classroom because that's one of the pieces that I think gets left off a lot. Work hard in the classroom. That's all I'm going to say. Work hard. Make your grades are good because that will def- deter you from playing. I promise you it happened to me. So keep your grades up. Play hard. Play fast. It all worked. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Bottom of the Night podcast. Um, this episode should be out on Monday or Tuesday. I think the today's the 21st, probably the 23rd or 24th. It'll be out on all streaming services and part of the video will be on YouTube. But thank you so much guys for listening and we'll uh, we'll be sure to catch you guys in the next one. Thanks.